All right, I would invite any of our young people to come up here this morning. And apparently my kids, I talked to them on my way back from Brady. They said they were coming, but apparently they weren't watching the time and didn't make it out the door. So I don't know where they are at right now. It's good to see you here. How's things been? You guys all had a good week? Yeah. I know you got to go skiing and you got to go a couple days ago and been having some fun, huh? Yeah, well today I'm going to be talking in my message a little bit about a big storm that the disciples experienced. And they get to see Jesus walking on water, which is a pretty amazing thing. Have you guys ever heard the story of Jesus walking on water? No, so this is a really, really cool one that I'm excited for you guys to learn. And I don't want to spend too much time on that right now, because you guys will get a repeat, and they'll all get a repeat, and they'll probably just take a nap during my sermon if I tell it all now. (coughs) But I am wondering, have you guys ever been afraid in your life? Have you ever experienced something that was scary? Have you, Keaton or Caden? Yeah. How does that feel when you're scared about something? Do you feel like you can handle all of it on your own? No. Who do you usually turn to or what do you usually do when you're in a scary situation? Do you ask anybody for help? Yeah. Who do you usually ask for help? You guys being very shy. You just want candy is what it is, huh? (laughs) Do you ever ask your mom for your help? Or dad or grandparents? Yeah. When I was a kid, that's usually who I asked for help. And I know now, as a mom, what it is like to see my kids need help. And there is nothing in this world that I would not do to help them. And I'm sure that it's the same way for you guys, that... You probably have parents or grandparents, people in your life that you know, no matter how scary it gets, they would be there to help you, right? Yeah, so something that is really amazing that we learn from this story about Jesus walking on water today is he reminds us that even if we go through storms in our life or really scary times in our life, he's there for us. And There's also times that we might think that we've got it figured out and we're starting to do good again, but then something scary or bad happens again. And you know what's really amazing about Jesus is he never, ever gives up on us. There's this cool part in the story where he reaches down and pulls one of the disciples that we're going to talk about out from the water when the disciple cries out and says, Lord, rescue me. And Jesus does. And anything that you guys are ever going through in your life, no matter how scary it may be, I hope that you guys will know that you can turn to God in prayer. That You don't even have to know really how to pray. There's no right or wrong way to pray. Sometimes praying seems a little intimidating, huh? Like at Connect when we ask one of you guys to pray and everybody's like, no, I can't do it. But the really cool thing is that God hears our prayers, even if we just think them. If we can't find the words to say, 
Or maybe we do find the words to say. We can just have our own conversation with God. And God hears our prayers. And no matter what, he will be there to help us through whatever we're going through. And something that I've learned from experiencing this is that if I feel really scared or stressed out or worried about something, in my prayer, I will ask God to take that stress away from me, that feeling of stress. And you know what happens? Almost instantly, I usually always just feel a little more relieved. Like maybe whatever I was so scared about isn't so bad. And that's the Holy Spirit working in us. And so I hope that you guys will remember that and that if you ever find yourself feeling worried or scared or like you don't know what to do, try having a conversation with God about it and ask him to just help you through that and see how that works out for you, okay? All right, let's go ahead and say a prayer and then you guys can grab a treat. (laughs) Lord, I thank you so much for these young boys, for these young men. And I thank you for them coming to church and for wanting to learn more about you. And Lord, I just pray that you show them and allow them to feel your Holy Spirit working in and through each one of them. That if there is something that they are facing, that they are scared of, they know that they can turn to you and that you will help them through it. And if there's something good and joyful that they're going through, I hope that they also know that they can tell you thank you for it and that there are are amazing ways that you will show them your love and comfort them. And I pray all of this in your name. Amen. All right, you guys can grab some goodies there. morning. Today's verse is Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 34. Jesus walks on the water. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out 
his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Genesaret. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Amen. Amen. At times the load is heavy, at times the road is long. When circumstances come your way and you think you can't go on. When you're feeling at your weakest, Jesus will be strong. He'll provide an answer when you found all hope is gone. stars in place I know if he can raise up mountains and calm the storm tossed waves and if he can conquer death forever to open heaven's gates I know for you he'll see you through he'll find a And at times your heart is breaking with a pain that's so intense. Or you hold all broken pieces to a life that makes no sense. He wants to lift you up and hold you and mend each torn event. He'll pick up the pieces that you thought had all been spent. and call 
Song. Thank you, Lila. I kind of have to catch myself here after that. You know, when I was a kid, one of my family's favorite things to do, we did this almost every single weekend all summer long, was go to the lake. We would pull our campers out there. We had boats. I learned to water ski and tube from a really, really little age. And I loved going out there, absolutely loved it. It was one of the most joyful things. I looked forward to it throughout the week. But I remember one particular weekend we went out there. It was our family and several of our family friends. There were lots of cousins there. If I had to guess, probably 20 to 30 little kids were staying out there. We had tents set up for all of us, and the adults, of course, would stay in the campers. And at this particular time in the day, the moms and all of us kids had gone back to our campsite. They were getting ready for dinner. We were all around there playing, and our dads were still out on the boat. And a storm started rolling in. Well, most of you probably know that I'm from Kansas. And in the summer in Kansas, we're right in the middle of Tornado Alley. We have a lot of tornadoes. This particular storm was no different. I remember the wind blowing in, it pulled our tents out of where they were staked in and began blowing up across our campsite. I remember our moms going into panic mode, trying to buckle everything down that they could, get all of us kids into the vehicles and drive us around the cove so that we could go to the bathhouse. The bathhouse was the only thing out there at this huge lake that was made of brick. There weren't doors on it, and there wasn't a roof, but at least it was some form of a shelter. And I remember as we got there, we were all huddled in the breezeway of this bathhouse, but you could still look out across the water, and there was a huge tornado that had formed across the lake. I remember seeing the funnel. And this was not my first tornado ever to see, but this was one of the biggest ones I had seen at that point in my life. I remember being terrified because this was before the time of cell phones. We had no way of checking on our dads. We had no way of knowing where they were. I remember crying hysterically, just wanting my dad, wanting to know if he was okay. 
And then I also remember sitting there and holding somebody's young child. I think it was a toddler, maybe around a year old. I don't even know whose kid it was because there were a lot of other people that were out there camping that had all gathered in this bathhouse trying to remain safe. I remember the feeling of this little girl screaming in my arms and I remember just trying to keep my body over her to protect her and keep her safe. But I looked out and that tornado moved onto the water. And that was my first time ever seeing a water spout. It was huge and it was terrifying. We all began praying there in the bathhouse. I remember the moms leading us in prayer. I remember trying to calm down this little girl. And then I remember looking out and seeing that that one water spout had split into three. And our dads had still not arrived. We had no idea where they were. And as quickly as the storm seemed to blow in, finally it seemed to blow away. The rain stopped. The tornadoes lifted. There was a little bit of hell that had come through, but the hailstones just looked like snow on the ground. The scary part of it was over. So we loaded up in the vehicles and we went back to our campsite. And there were several campers that had blown over, but there were our dads. They were safe. And everything was okay. And I remember them talking about how scared they were out on that boat as well. And that they had been praying that we were all safe. They weren't even so worried about themselves. They were worried for us. Thankfully, it all turned out okay. But it is a memory that when I think back on it, I can still feel it in my bones of how scared I was. I can feel my body shaking. I can feel my heart racing. I can almost smell the way that the air was that day because it was so terrifying for me. And when I think about the disciples on the boat during that storm, I'd imagine that they were probably experiencing some pretty big fear as well. Fear, when there's water involved in a lake, is really scary because there is nothing there to protect you. You are out there in the middle. You are helpless. Now, leading into this story, just before where our scripture reading picked up, Jesus had fed the masses. We all know that story as well. There were thousands of people around. The disciples were there with him. They had fed the masses. And so Jesus tells his disciples, go ahead, get on the boat, go ahead, go out there on the Sea of Galilee, and I will dismiss the people. So he does. He quietly dismisses the people and then he does a big version of what I do usually on Sundays because I can only imagine how exhausting it would be to be preaching and teaching 5,000 people. When I'm done on a Sunday, I am so tired. All I want to do is go lay on my couch. And so Jesus did just that, except for he retreated into the mountain to go pray, to regroup, to rest. And that's what he tells all of us that we're supposed to do after we're exhausted. But while he was up there, getting respite, praying, and just being, the disciples were out on the sea. And this huge storm began to blow in. 
So Jesus comes down to the edge, to the lake shore there, and I don't think that probably they could see him or they could, he could see them because there was a storm, but I would imagine that through the eyes of his mind, he was probably very aware of the terror that they were experiencing out there. And he begins walking across the water to get to them. As he's walking across the water, they notice him. But the scripture tells us that they were terrified. And their reaction was that it's a ghost. Now, as I have mentioned the last couple of weeks, I've been reading this book, Simon Peter by Adam Hamilton. And I learned something new about the Sea of Galilee from this book. It was an interesting little bit here that during that time... It was believed that in the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, there was an opening to the underworld. That there was basically a portal down there to the underworld, to the evil spirits. And so when I read through that and learned that from Adam Hamilton, that brought the realization that them seeing a ghost was probably even more terrifying than we realized. Because they were probably thinking, here we are stuck out here in this storm. We are helpless. We have nothing to do. We have no idea where Jesus is. And now one of these evil spirits has escaped from the underworld and is coming to us. This would be terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Another thing that Adam Hamilton talks about in the book is that several years ago, the sea levels had gone down enough. There was a drought, and so the water levels were low, and they were able to uncover a boat that had been preserved down there. Archaeologists were able to date the boat back to about 50 AD to 50 BC. So naturally that becomes the boat that Jesus was in, you know, but it may or may not have been that exact boat. But what it did give us is a clue to the size of what those boats were, what those boats looked like. This one that they uncovered was about 27 feet long. They said that it probably held about 13 to 15 people. Of course, there were no motors on this boat. This was 2,000 years ago. You can just imagine how big the waves would have been and how scary it would have been to be out there on this boat. The wind blowing you in the opposite direction from where you were trying to go. A sea or a lake that you were very familiar with because that was your job to be a fisherman but having absolutely no control. All that they would have been feeling during this time was terror. And Jesus says to them, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Other translations will tell you that Jesus says, It is me. Be encouraged, do not be afraid. There's something very particular about these words, whether you're uh, reading the translation that says be encouraged or take heart, whether you're reading the one that says it is I or it is me, because this is the first time in the gospel stories that Jesus begins to tell them who he is. When we read the words it is I or it is me, the Greek, as it can be translated back to the original, can read I am. 
And I hope that each one of us are able to identify right away that the I am is what we hear from God when he's speaking to Moses. So this is the first time in the gospel story that we are able to read kind of a clue, so to speak, about Jesus letting the disciples know who he really is. He is indeed human, but he is also divine. He is telling them, I am who I am. And no need to be afraid. Now, most of us, I would imagine, probably would have reacted to seeing this ghost or Jesus on the lake like the other 11 disciples did. I probably would have sat back and had more of a reaction like, hey Jesus, why don't you just get in the boat with us? Come here. No need to be showing off walking on water. Just get in the boat. But Peter decides to push his faith a little bit. And this is an amazing thing. Peter obviously has a lot of faith in Jesus. He's obviously built a good relationship with Jesus. But he says to Jesus... Instead of, hey, Lord, you come here, he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. That's an amazing point in Peter's faith that we are able to get a glimpse at as well. Because Peter knows he is not able to just get out of the boat on his own and go. He would find himself in a sink or swim type of situation. He's not going to be able to walk on water. But he has such faith in Christ that he says, Lord, command me to come out there. And then he waits for Jesus to say, come. One simple word, come. And when he does, Peter is able to get out of the boat and to begin walking on the water. To do just what he knew that his faith told him Christ was going to allow him to be able to do. Something that he was going to be unable to do on his own, but to do with Christ. How many of us find ourselves in that type of situation? We know that Christ can help us through a situation. And we say, okay God, if you are at work in my life, give me a sign, tell me to go do this thing. And Jesus does. We have this amazing voice of God come over us or this amazing sign in our life. Things start falling back in place and we say, okay, I'm going to get out of the boat and I'm going to take a few steps. And then as we do, we do exactly what Peter did. We get distracted by the storm and the winds that are blowing around in our life. And just like Peter, when that happens, we begin to sink. We begin to find ourselves in the sink or swim situation. And we find ourselves crying out, Lord, rescue me. I've been in that situation many times. I'm sure that all of you have too. Something that is so encouraging from this story, though, is that when Peter cries out, Lord, rescue me, Jesus doesn't say, no, I, I think you've learned your own tough lesson here. I'm just going to let you be. That's not what he does. Jesus comes over to him, and he reaches his hand down, and he pulls him up. And he reminds him, you of little faith, why did you doubt me? You have the faith. You know the faith. You know what I'm able to do. Why doubt me? Why did you let yourself get distracted? Sometimes we are our own worst critics when we allow ourselves to get distracted. 
But over and over again, Christ comes to us and reaches down and gives us that reminder of it's okay. I've got you. I'll pull you back up. You have little faith. Why? It's okay. Now, after this point, they get back into the boat. And as they are in the boat, we get another very important part of the gospel stories. The disciples get in there and they say to Jesus, truly, you are the son of God. This is the first time in the gospels that we read about the disciples recognizing that yes, Jesus is indeed the son of God. He is God. He is the I am. He is human being, God. He is God in human form. And that is an amazing point in our gospel stories. I think about this as every single week, we all come to God in prayer. We share our joys, our concerns here with each other. Multiple times throughout the week, I also receive prayer requests from other people. And I would imagine that for every prayer request that I am aware of, there is probably at least a dozen more that maybe that individual person is carrying that they just don't even share. We all have storms in our life, every single one of us. And the amazing thing is that when we go to God in prayer... That is the equivalent of us finding ourselves in this situation where we are sinking or maybe on our knees or finding ourselves in the midst of a storm, absolutely terrified, and crying out saying, Lord, rescue me. And the Lord does over and over and over. Here just a couple of days ago, I received a video that was absolutely adorable from Katie Dyer and Katie Kostelnik, you guys know her as, but Katie Dyer, she sent me a video because Al was down on his hands and knees reaching out and little Hazley was beginning to take her first steps. And I got to thinking, Aaliyah's doing the same thing. She's trying to take a few steps here and there. But you know what she does? She stands up and she gets ready to do it. She knows that she's sturdy as long as she's standing. And then she takes a step and then she takes another step and then she gets distracted by somebody else or she gets scared and she flops down. And instantly she begins to cry. This has been a repeated thing at our house for the last couple of weeks. And you know what I do when she cries? She begins looking instantly for me and reaching her arms out. And sometimes she might try to crawl to me, but it's constantly mom, mom, mom. And she begins reaching up. And every single time I go over to her and I reach my arms down and I pick her up and I hold her and I love her and I comfort her and I tell her it's okay. And I don't doubt her faith that she can walk. I just remind her that she's all right that I'm there, I love her, she's not hurt. And I know in my own mind 
that she's going to stumble and she's going to fall many times. And we are going to keep repeating this over and over and over. But I'm going to keep encouraging her and picking her up over and over and over. And soon, probably maybe this afternoon or maybe in a week or two weeks, she's going to be taking five or ten steps. And then she's going to be running. And I'm going to be so incredibly proud of her. And then once she starts running, she's going to trip and fall and skin her knee. And I'm still going to pick her up and I'm going to love her. And I'm going to tell her that she is okay. I'm not going to sit there and look at her and say, you shouldn't be walking. I'm going to encourage her along the way. And as I think about these sweet little babies, little Hazley taking her first steps, little Aaliyah taking her first steps, I am reminded that that is the love that God has for us, except for a million times more, a love that we can't even comprehend on our own. And over and over and over in our lives, God is going to tell us, come on, and we're going to try to take a couple steps, and then we're going to get distracted, and we're going to flop down. And there might be times that we physically flop down, and we just want to sit on our kitchen floor and cry. And we might reach our arms out to God and say, Lord, just help me. Come let me know that it's better, that it's okay. And over and over again, Christ is going to come to us. The Holy Spirit is going to wrap the arms around us. And it's almost like in that moment, we can physically feel arms wrapping around us. And something comes over us. And it is amazing the peace and the love of God that we can feel in our hearts when that moment happens. And God's not going to be ashamed by us saying, you shouldn't have got distracted and fallen down. God's going to know that as he comforts us and loves us through it, He's going to call us again and we're going to get up and we're going to take a few more steps and maybe the next time we'll take five steps before we fall. And over and over again, he's going to continue calling us and encouraging us along the way. God will never give up on us. And I hope each of us during those moments that we feel like the storm is so big when we feel like everything is getting better we find shelter but then we look out across the lake and we realize that one tornado or one water spout has turned into three that it's still going to be okay I know that in my life and I am sure that in your life It seems like some of these storms are never going to end. And when Christ does pull us up and tell us it's okay, I am here, don't be afraid. It doesn't mean that the cancer is going to be gone. It doesn't mean that your loved one that you are grieving over is going to come back. It doesn't mean that money is going to grow on trees or that the stress and everything bad happening in the world is just magically going to disappear. But what it does mean is that you will be comforted and you will have God with you through it. And in a way that we can't understand, God will help you walk over that water to do things that you might think are impossible, but it's because they are impossible on your own. When you ask Christ to come into your life and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you and show you that you can do this, The Holy Spirit will come. And you too 
will be able to walk on water, so to speak, during an unimaginable storm. Throughout this Lenten season, I think for some reason it seems like when we intentionally go into this time where we are journeying to Easter and we ask God to let us experience the 40 days in the wilderness, he listens. And for whatever reason, sometimes it seems like we get some extra days in the wilderness and some extra storms that come our way. We get what we ask for. But it's also a chance to learn from it. It is a chance to understand the power of God, and it is a chance to understand that Christ will carry us through it. And the part that I think is the most amazing about not being afraid is something that we can take away from this story as well. One of the most scary times that these disciples probably experienced out there on that boat they also got to experience one of the most amazing things that they had ever seen Jesus do up to this point. He walked on water. And so I hope that that is a reminder to each of us that even when we are going through something really, really bad or really scary that feels like the worst storm we have ever experienced, Christ will show up and he will show us his amazing ways and we will get to see him at work doing things like walking on water. And those are the ways that our faith grows deeper and stronger and that we are able to find the courage to step out of the boat and to do the things that Christ has called us to do. There was a wonderful prayer at the end of the chapter that I read this week. And so I wanted us to end with that prayer today. If you would all please pray with me. Lord, help me to be the disciple you want me to be. Help me to answer your call to be brave and to climb out of the boat, to leave my comfort zone and to walk with you. When I am beset by storms and sinking, take my hand and rescue me. Climb into my boat and calm the wind and the waves. In your holy name, amen. At this time, we do begin the time of our service where we worship God through the giving of our morning offering and ourselves. And so we will begin that time with taking our tithes and offerings. I would invite the ushers to please come forward. Thank you. 
Would you all please stand? accept these offerings that we give back to our church. Let our church use them in a way that blesses others, in a way that helps remind others of the comfort and the power and the love that you give, in a way that helps to remind others that you are God and that we have nothing to fear. And I pray all of this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. As Christ gathered with his disciples for the final supper, he took bread and then he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which has been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, and then he gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as holy and living sacrifices in union with Christ's offering for us. As we proclaim the mystery of faith that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us who are gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. And by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all of the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Come to the table. Bye. 
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery. We give you thanks for filling our cup, for being our bread of life. And as we go out into this world, I pray that each of us are able to hear you as you tell us, come and do not be afraid. And that we will go out into this world doing the work that you call us to do as your disciples. 
And I pray all of this in your name. Amen. We will close our service by singing verses 1 through 3 of I Surrender All. It's number 354 in our hymnal. If you would all please stand. Thank you guys for 